Oh, hi. Fancy meeting you here. This week's episode is brought to you by Limitless Life Challenge. Limitless Life Challenge is a five-day immersive $5 challenge, which brings you face-to-face with one of the most dangerous animals on the face of the planet, Dr. Chris Lee, and one of the kindest gentle animals on the planet, Lucas Root. The two of us have combined forces out of a collaborative, genius, evil mastermind type of plan. And honestly, it came out of frustration. All this nonsense is like, we're frustrated. Out in the personal development world, there's so much information. But when it comes to, yes, I know I want a happier life. Yes, tell me how much more I can get motivated by having a better life. Well, how do I get a better life? Or how do I have more production? Like I wanted more time. I wanted to be happier. And I wanted to live my life the way I chose to do that. That's really nice, but how do you do it? That's where Lucas and I came in. I'm going to bring in some neuroscience and some strategies that can actually help you heal old traumas and really create the life internally using emotional intelligence, neuroscience research, and mindfulness-based strategies to get you some grounded emotional change, right? Intellectually knowing and not actually making change is just as helpful as having an encyclopedia in the 21st century. It's really nice to look on a bookshelf, but actually does it do anything? Not so much. Lucas consults for Fortune 500 companies. Lucas knows how to get shit done. So all these things to say, if you have five bucks to spend total for the week, immersion to get things done, come saddle up with us. We are excited to have you. Head on over to www.lltribe.com to get started. Or if you head on over to my Instagram, Dr. Chris Lee, and jump into my bio, there's a link there as well. If you want to have fun, transform, laugh, cry, everything else in between. We will be waiting for you. And without further ado, how about we jump into today's episode? I think that'd be I think that'd be a wise choice. All right, I'm gonna go get my coffee. See you guys in like two, one, go. What is going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Mindfuck Podcast. Today, we have a special treat in store. We're going to be having a beautiful conversation with my amazing friend, Dr. Monica Smith, who runs just an amazing page called Revved Up Mama, where she talks all about taking care of yourself in the parenting world, relationships, and about everything else in between, uh, living a toxin-free life, and just a, a bunch of other things that are just like really, really necessary, but really, really functional to have in our daily lives. Um, I first ran into Monica, not where I originally ran. I thought I ran into Monica. Monica and I had a nice conversation about 30 seconds ago on that. Um, But Monica and I connected through a mutual mentor of ours who lives up in Canada. And we were having a conversation about attraction, um, having a conversation about, you know, the depth of our thoughts and all of those types of things. But what I'm really excited to have Monica on the show with today is about authenticity and really getting clear about who we are and finding our purpose amongst being parents and all the other labels that we get thrown onto us. So Dr. Monica, welcome to the party. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I want you to kind of give us the rundown. What did you do this morning? I, we got on the show. I asked you what you had done today so far, and you had this like beautiful day already unfolding in front of you. Like, can you tell us a little bit about that? I'm going to say that a big part of my morning was because I'm going to be here right now. So I wanted to be as clear and connected as possible. So this morning, it was all about self-care for me. I love having my coffee outside, getting some luxes with my family, the kids playing outside in the sun, vitamin D. I went on a little run and I did some, did a sweat sesh. I did the infrared sauna upstairs. 
So it's just felt really good to connect, to be clear and to be here now. I love that. And like doing exercises that provide you with presence down the line. I think like we think we're like expected to like, okay, now presence versus like actually like having that preparedness prepared, being prepared for these types of things. So how did you come into like this journey of like conscious parenting and the way that you do? Because I watch you interact with both of your children, um, all three of your children, shout out to Matt, um, on a daily basis and having this collective just sense of like presence about you. But like, that is not the default system. Like I think a lot of like people and parents like watch conscious parents come into this and they're like, oh, you're just born with that. But like, that's, because at least in my experience, not the default system. That is such a, first of all, it's a very loaded question. I think we can unpack like 50 facets of what that means. Seven hour podcast coming to you today. Seven hour, 14 hour, I don't even know. Um, you know, I think conscious parenting for me began with just becoming more mindful myself before I even became a parent. So I'm really mm -hmm. grateful that our mutual mentor, Dr. Suki, is the one who caused a big awakening in my life, knowing that I could be the creator of my life, that I can be on a journey of self-discovery, self-exploration, all of that, which naturally led into being a conscious, quote unquote, conscious parent as well. And I think what that really means is, is, you know, I believe that our children choose us and our children come to us and that's, they choose the life itself. So knowing that, which is a big, which is a big thing to say, right away but that small is, conversation yeah that's, that's a big part of it I think you probably feel the same way as me I do. um is that seeing them as a mirror to ourselves and to not that we're dictating their life but yet we're in this together and we're doing a dance and we're learning from each other and I think mm -hmm. that is the basis of conscious parenting is that there's so much more to it than just I'm a parent this is what the kid does this is what the mom does this is who I am like it's so much more pliable than that. For sure. So like two huge points that come up, like having that dance between your children versus like, this is the way I know the things and like, versus like, oh my gosh, this little like tiny bit of like stardust came down and like, hasn't forgotten that they're stardust yet. Like teach me, like educate me. And having that conversation of like, I think our children genuinely choose us as their parents. Right. And we come in and we have this co-creative process together. I think that's beautifully said. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, like I said, which direction you want to go down? Because I feel like we can go down several of those avenues right now. I think, yeah. So I, I think the big one that I'd like to talk about is taking care of yourself so that you can take care of your children. So like you talked about becoming mindful in and of yourself and really being the conscious creator of your reality versus kind of like living in the default zone. Um, what was that transition like for you versus kind of like, I don't want to call it the unconscious living, but I think there is kind of like a default network that we all kind of go to the nine to five, the white picket fence and this, that, and the other thing versus, you know what, I want different. And this is what actually feels good to me. How did you make that pivot? I, I think the pivot for me began before I even became a parent, like I said, but before I even became awake to this consciousness and mindfulness, because when I was 17, I completely lost my health. I was in and out of the hospital on 10 different prescription medications out of the blue, only one in my, you know, community and my family. So for me, losing my health at such a young age is what has really put my health as number one. Like it's my number one value because if I'm not healthy, if I'm not my best self, I can't show up as the best 
mom, best wife, best entrepreneur, best person, best human being. So first and foremost, I learned that lesson the hard way. And so many other lessons came from that, but that is the biggest part. And I think coming into, you know, parenthood, it's like we have all these ideas of what it's going to be before you get there. And I think the, like, I was one of those people, I'm just being authentic and real. I gave parenting advice before I even became a parent. So it's just, it's a very humbling experience in so many ways to all of a sudden constantly be taking care of something, a being. 24 seven. And it's just like, I don't know. I think it like cuts the bullshit and it just brings up like what truly matters the most. And I think Mm -hmm. it's showing up as your best self is the most important part because then you can fully connect with yourself, with your kids, with your partner, with life in general and being in flow. So that there's so much there, but that's, I think the biggest pivot for me was that like, even if you, even if you have a headache one day, you're not the best parent that you can be. So it's like every step along the way is leading up to you feeling your healthiest and your yeah. best self. So it's just like those little decisions along the way really add up and matter. Yeah. And it's, this is all like preventative type of things from like the blowups that tend to happen. And I think a really big point that I communicate a lot with uh, parents and clients of mine is like, okay, like let's cut away the bullshit. Like what actually does matter to you? Um, because kids are really, really good at that because like they know what they want from like day one, hungry, sleep, change type of thing. And as they get older, they continue to evolve and have new awarenesses of like, oh, this seems like fun over here. I want to crawl and do all those things. But a lot of us as adults, like don't have that sense of clarity of like, all right, what actually do I want from life? How did you start to navigate that for yourself? I think it really begins with being connected to your inner self. So doing all of the things to do that so that you can listen, listen to that internal guidance. Hmm. So for me, that is my ultimate. That's the reason why I am so connected is so I can listen to the internal voice, the inner guidance to be more of the flow of life. And I believe that life presents itself to you for you, um, for challenges, to learn lessons. And in doing so and not avoiding those challenges and opportunities, it's like moving through and finding yourself in the process. So I can't even tell you one like tangible step as to how that begins. I think it's just really tuning into like your own self because we're all so unique. Like what you love is not necessarily what I'm gonna love. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of what's going on with social media is that people see see someone doing something like, well, if I'm not doing that, then I'm not happy. If I'm not living that person's life, then I'm not fulfilled. It's so, it's so much more about each, like our own lives and like owning ourselves and what our family likes to do versus other people's lives. It's, it's so easy to judge. right now and I think that's what happens like a lot like if I go on social media and go type in like parenting the first thing that comes up is like this photoshop perfect skin family on the beach holding their child up into the sunrise and I'm like that's just like and that's unfortunately what a lot of parents like compare themselves to Um, but I think when I talk to very aware people parents or not parents they have that inner knowing and they know like when they're disconnected do you have any like strategies that help you like get more connected to that like inner self Mm -hmm. so so many strategies and I think it just you got to start with whatever inspires you so simple just simple simple things yes Um, breathing like taking deep breaths tuning into your breath 
um, sleeping well. I mean, these are really basic things when I'm going to list these off. People are going to be like, but it's oh, the course. secret sauce. It really is the secret sauce. People want like consistency of it. Yeah. And I, I take it from like two people that are like run their own businesses as parents doing the best that we can. Like it's not the complex things. It's not like the biohacking or the red light. It's like going to go to sleep at this time. I'm going to have a routine, like all the things that, that Dr. Monica is talking about. So yeah, please continue. Um, movement. Movement is absolutely, I'm actually coming more into the importance of movement now that I'm rock climbing as much as I am, like just the movement itself is so important for being more in the flow to remove all the sludge, the stagnant energy, um, sweating. Of course, I talked about that this morning, treating your body with nutritive foods, like cutting out all the bad foods, like treating your temple as it should be treated. Yeah. Um, having good like connection with people around you, like people that inspire you, people that make you better, not people that are you leave them th their presence and you feel yucky and you feel negative, like yeah. really being mindful of your whole environment altogether. So you can start with wherever you feel excited. There's so many other places to go from what I listed as well. Yeah, um, Those are just some things that came to the top of my mind. And I think like you had mentioned, everyone has like that rooted feeling of like, I think this is where I should go, but they like stop themselves. Like the fear of change, like stops them from like taking that step into the unknown. But what they don't know is like that step into the unknown is that step towards their most authentic self. And that, that's what feels good. And after you take that step, life really starts to blossom for you. Do you have any advice for those types of people? Like, and I'm like asking out of like, Hey, I like want to take that next step into the future. And I'm like ah, a little bit of like, ah, scared shitless. Like, how do you take that step? Oh, this is so big. And I feel like this is what everyone wants out of their life, but yet few people are brave enough to actually take that step and to take two feet forward versus one foot in, one foot out. Big toe and, in the water, a little this, a little that. And I live so much of my life that way. And I'm really grateful that I, I became, it became so connected to my inner self that whenever I felt like I had to do something, whether it was something uncomfortable, a new opportunity, something, I felt like I couldn't not do it. Like my, every part of my being was moving forward and yet my physical body was like, um, I'm just gonna hang out back here. So I'm grateful for that inner like propulsion forward versus just kind of hanging out, deciding whether I wanna go forward or not. So I think, again, it goes back to being really connected to yourself and knowing where life is taking you. Um, but as far as a piece of advice, it's really just about being brave and, and yourself on the other side of bravery is gonna look back and be like, I'm so glad I did something different or I got out of my comfort zone or I did something that I really wanted to do. And hey, maybe I didn't love that decision, but it redirected mm -hmm. what was my next decision. And yes. I took a chance and that's okay. Yeah. Clarity through contrast is like so important of like, okay, like I'm going to drink this like tea and like, I don't like that tea. Well, good. Now, you know, like one thing you don't like, and you're closer to the next thing that you do. How important is it to like visualize your future and to like participate in that before it happens? Um, loaded question number four of the day. <laughs> so many loaded questions. Um, Okay, again, I'm always going to go back to the internal connection because that is so big to know exactly what you're actually wanting out of life. I feel like yeah. so many people are navigating their life and life is happening to them and they're just kind of on defense mode, not exactly sure how to handle that, nor how to overcome that, nor how to create anything other than that. So I think it's it's understanding your values, understanding what you want to do in your life and stuff like that. And from there, then creating, then thinking about like, 
what you want to create, what that looks like, but tuning into the emotion of that, like really feel yourself. And this is to the other question you asked, really feel yourself like being brave. Like, what does that feel like? How proud yes. of yourself are you in tuning into that emotion? And then like envisioning yourself doing those things while feeling so brave, so proud, so ballsy, you know, all those things. So um, it just really depends on what someone wants in order to create that. Like, how do they know what they're, where they're going if they don't at all know what they want out of life. So that's For sure. Yeah. You can't, there's some quote, you can't anchor to an unanchored mind or something like that. I, I can't remember what the exact quote is. I'm sure it will come to us 2 a.m. I'll drop you a text message. I have <laughs> a more vulnerable question out of my own questioning right now. You talk about pride and being proud and in like the spiritual conscious space, people talk about like erasing the ego and not being proud and constantly giving and compassionate versus just like because there's moments where I'm like, and I've fallen into this trap is why I'm asking, like, I feel really proud of myself for doing something versus like, oh, is that just my ego? Like saying like, oh, you did that type of thing. Do you have some like boundaries for that or like how to compare? Like, is that the ego? That's just like, you're such an awesome human being. You are the human being. And like boxing that into like, this is who I am versus like, I'm just proud for this accomplishment. I think, I think teaching about the ego and learning about ego is really tricky it's a slippery slope um because i don't see if you're proud of yourself let's say you got out of your comfort zone you hit a milestone you're so proud of yourself how can that be something negative maybe if you're just dwelling on that pride and only i can't even i actually can't even think of an example of how that would be egotistical in a negative way i think our ego is um, always guiding us and it's showing us our in like internal self, whether it's like negative beliefs and limitations, but it's also like propelling us forward in a way to like navigate how we want to live. You know what I mean? Like understanding that we can be so proud of ourselves, but then also moving forward from there, not being stuck in any yeah. sort of mentality, I think is the biggest part for me. And also if you're proud of yourself, how does that feel within? You feel yeah. like expensive, you feel yes. good. Or are you like so proud of yourself and you actually kind of feel icky and negative? I think that is always our body is our guide. Like I always yes. tune in and I can ask myself questions and I know yes or no, or I know to move forward or to go, let's, let's kind of like pivot here. So that's the, that's what I would say. Well, this is like, this brings up a huge thing for me. I just have like one of those light bulb moments, like the, the pride and the proud, those are just words. Right. And then like, you're like, tune into like the feeling, like you get that intuitive hit. And like, for me, if I ever ask like my intuitive self or my body, like it answers in like the yes or no's, right? Like it's very binary. And if you can get that like sense of clarity in there, like you'll know if something feels like sticky or like, oh, that's not exactly where I want to go versus like, it feels a little uncomfortable, but I'm getting like a yes. Like, I feel like I should go in that direction. Do you get similar feelings? Yes, a hundred percent. And I, I've actually realized something recently. So I've been on this journey of self-growth for about six years, maybe similar to you, five, six years. And I remember, same, same. Yeah, we're ballparking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was first, like, I was like learning all these, like reading all these books and like obsessed with learning about what it meant to be conscious. And I'm quote unquote that because cons consciousness is just an awareness. It's not necessarily like you are this or you are that but it's learning about what that means, like what, what it means to be a creator of your life. And I now knowing six years later, what I was reading back then, those are just teachings from people that work, that work for them. Those are tools that work for their life. It's not to say that that is like 
set in stone, that is how you should live your life. So I, I feel that that's a big part of my journey has been unwinding what I thought it needed to look like versus tuning into who I am using those tools when I need to, but also going in like my own navigation, like really learning for myself while using those tools as well. So I think that's a big part of it. I don't know if you experienced that too. For sure. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's constantly. And like, this is like the example that I give a lot is like who I think I am is a mirror of what I know and who I think I am is a box. And I'm like living in this cube, which is constantly like reflecting who I think I am, but I can see myself, my higher self can see through the two-sided mirror. So I can see beyond and that there's more as long as I'm connected to that higher self. And then I can break that mirror and go to the next step and then break that. And it's constantly these paradigms and these labels that I said, like, I am dad, I am doctor, I am entrepreneur versus like shatter all of those. I am Chris experiencing life as those things. Mm, I love that. And we talked about before we, you know, recorded the um, identity of being a parent. I think it's really important to touch on that. Yes, touch um, it. So I, so before I became a mom to Rocky, so I have two children, Rocky is four and a half and Lion is almost two in like three days. Um, before I had Rocky, I, my husband, Matt and I opened our own practice and we started from scratch. I was practicing for probably like four or five months and then I had Rocky and my life completely changed. And I really, it was my first lesson into beginning to understand how expectations can really hinder our fulfillment and happiness. And because I was a doctor, because I was a business owner and then I became a mom and I soon realized that like, I believe life is always working for us. I truly believe in vitality. And I believe that the lessons that come our way are for us. And me leaving practice and solely being a mom while watching the person I love most in the world, besides my child, Matt, su succeed and Dr. Matt, Dr. Matt. And here I was just my ego raging in the background, just being like, I'm so envious. I'm so jealous because I'm not a doctor. Who am I? And so that was the beginning of like an identity crisis for me learning that I am not a doctor, I am not a mom, I am Monica. So really tuning into that, but it still evolves and grows when I had, so I was full-time at home. My second baby came full-time at home mom. And I can, I, I it, it was like a, a pivot. Like I could see myself either, I was just a, just a mom. That's, that's a terrible thing to say because every a mom is so much more than just yeah. a mom. But I'm talking about the title of saying, when you introduce yourself, who are you? Oh, I'm a mom. Like your first thing mm. to say, I believe you become that and that dwindles like who you're, I think we all have a purpose, so many purposes in life. We all have things that make us excited. And when we put ourselves in a box as this is who I am, that other person is put to the side. And I, I hear it so many times from moms who have older, you know, they're, they're adults now, their kids are their adults now. And their moms are like, I just, now my life is just kind of beginning and I'm lost and I don't know what to do. So I think a big part of that, which I had I wish I had learned more about that before coming up, becoming a parent, or maybe right at the beginning was really still nurturing who I was and cultivating what made me happy, what made me excited. Because when I'm the most excited person, then I'm the best parent. Like I'm fulfilled. Oh right. Huge point. Humongous. Like go back two minutes and like, listen to all this again. And I, I think this is just one of those like paradigms that I, I think a lot of parents, especially mothers, um, need to like have that self-awareness and like the giant, like the, 
the gentle, compassionate, introspective look of like, is this who I was like meant to be? And I'm not saying that you're not meant to not be a mom. I'm saying that like, that is a label. And inside of that is the things that really turn you on that ignite your fire and finding who that is, is going to let you show up as even more of that mom, of that dad, of whoever you are. And this is not just for parents, right? If you're in a nine to five and you don't want that, like go find who you are inside of that space. I think it's also not hiding behind the title. Like I think it's using as an excuse because again, this is like all coming back full circle. We don't, we're afraid to be brave. Mm -hmm. So like I would find myself like out of the park with my kids and kind of like using my kids and me as a mom as like my, uh, a buffer, I guess, to then maybe to even share who I am. Sounds familiar. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think we've all been there. And I think that um, I, this might be like, nails on a chalkboard to someone or or hit really sharp that uh, we use parenting being a mom as an excuse for not achieving things that we really want to achieve that is nails on a chalkboard it's it is in a beautiful way though i and i know that because i experienced that and that's why i was at such a um division last year full time at home with two small kids my husband was working full time. It was just me. And I was just like, I have a decision right now, whether I want to continue being kind of like muffled when a part of me was screaming inside to come out and to create and to be fulfilled and to be brave and to be uncomfortable while also being with my children as well and and being my best self so that I can show up for them and then also learn from them the best too. So it's just like, that was, that's a big part of my journey. Yeah. And if we know anything about the nervous system, it is so good at those coping mechanisms. It like does that by like, oh, here's this, like, I'm going to hide behind that and call the day. So Dr. Monica, what did you start to notice when you started to take care of yourself more? Like, how did that reflect in your ability to have a relationship with Dr. Matt and to be there with your kids? Mm. First of all, so I know you know this, most people maybe not know this, that from zero to seven, our kids are like completely little sponges, like subconscious, they're absorbing everything around themselves. So they're literally just like a ball of energy. So um, they are a mirror to ourselves, but also our partner is a mirror to ourselves. So like mm-hmm. um, the, the struggles that happen, it's like, for me, the first, if something's going crazy with my kids, my first instinct now Whereas before it was different, my first instinct is, okay, let's check within. Is this me? Am I causing this huge chaotic situation right now? Is it me? Or maybe is it just my opportunity to respond differently? I'm always like, there's always an opportunity to learn. So I feel like navigating my family, my marriage, being a mom, I'm always learning from those around me. So I'm not always my most connected, healthy self, but I learn quickly that I want to go back to that because my kids are showing me in how they're acting or how we're not connecting. So I think it's it's always just learning all of us together. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to take care of myself the most and be the most healthy, connected version of myself so that I can fully be present and fully learn from everything that's coming at me or within me. Oh, so beautifully <laughs> said. Is it, we do the, the beautiful, that's so well said in so many different ways. And like, I, I know you've tried on a couple different things of like, do I want to do this or do I want to do that? And when it came to 
um, routines and self-care, you stumbled upon rock climbing and like getting into like the climbing gyms and things like that out of like, and, and I'm not saying this like out of nowhere, like what are the chances that um, Dr. Monica's like rock climbing is like the thing right now? Like, so how did you stumble upon that? And like, what does that provide to you? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. This is such a huge lesson in my life because I didn't see it coming. Like, like how you said, like out of nowhere, no, it really was out of, out of nowhere for me. And it was a mutual friend. He just wanted to take us to the rock climbing gym. And then from there, it was like, I discovered a piece of who I was not necessarily as a rock climber, but I think, um, what it provided for me and gave me opportunities to like move through, um, fear, discomfort, um, limiting beliefs, all these things. It just gave me an avenue to do that, which that could be someone else could be roller skating. It could be playing chess. It just, it depends what comes your way. But what I'm, my point is that that randomly came into my life and for that to change so much of my life and to dictate a lot of 2020 for me, I'm, I'm more coming into a place of surrender. Um, if you haven't read the surrender experiment, I think it's one of the greatest books. It changed my 2019 completely. Yep. Um, that like, again, I believe life is happening for us and things are coming our way and to surrender to that, not to give up. That's not what surrender means, but to okay. surrender, to drop the resistance to something new and to take a breath and accept and then decide how you want to navigate moving forward is a huge, huge piece. And I think a lot of things come into our lives and we're resistant because it's new and we don't want to be, we don't want to change and we're stuck in our ways. And yet that thing might be the exact thing that you need to ignite a huge passion within yourself or to ignite a new business venture. Or we just, we just, I think the surrendering to life and what it comes, it flows to us is a huge, a huge thing I learned through rock climbing. 100%. That's so beautifully said. I, I will raise my hand and like anybody that said the word surrender, I was like, yeah, screw you, bro. Like, and I just had this huge aversion to it. And then 2020 came and it was like, that is the option. Like that's the path that is now available is to like surrender into the things that like the emotional experiences that I am most afraid of. Right. And when I did that, it's just like, oh, I can put down all of these bags of trauma and all the things and all these labels and actually go like live my life as this free living, like flowing energy. And now I can start to be creative and like connect to different things. And that type of self-care allowed me to connect deeper to my daughter. Can we like connect deeper to myself, like find myself and the things that I really love to do. And um, I, I think that's just so profound. And I think a lot of people like just see like that, oh, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to let go. And they're just like mindsets or they're just words. But when you can embrace that physically and just be in the presence of like, I am ready to let go of this, it, it'll open so many avenues for you. And it's such an emotional release. Like it's, it's profound. Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference between talking about it and actually experiencing it. Like when you experience it, it yeah, then you've fully understand what that is and what and then when it comes again you know exactly you, you know more so to surrender to that quicker than before the first time so I think yep. a lot of we like to talk about a lot of things but actually living it and experiencing it and being uncomfortable in it is what teaches you the greatest lessons that it's easier the next time and easier the next time to surrender yes. and continuing to have that like I think that is a huge process of learning is like okay I know that the oven is hot and next time not going to touch the oven, but like, I don't know that this is hot. So like, maybe I'll like learn that that's hot. It's like the constant like renewing of ideas and then embodying those types of things. 
I think we're such like an intellectual society that we just perpetuate and we think about things so much and we think about it. And then eventually fear goes, I don't think you can actually do that. And then fear is the emotion that the body innately goes to, to like try to keep you safe. And then the idea that was going to change your life is now all tightly bundled up inside of this fear complex and we never take action on it. Mm -hmm. I remember I was watching a video Will Smith did a while ago talking about um, jumping out of an airplane. Have you seen that? I don't think I have. Oh, it's so good. I love Will Smith. I love Will Smith. And he's relating it to like our life. Like we're about to jump out of the airplane. It's like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And a lot of times people just don't jump, but he he, shares his experience of when he did jump. And it was like, like relief, free falling, like pure bliss. And I, I, I have experienced that in my own life, not jumping out of an airplane, but in general, where it's like, you know, you have, you know, there's something you need to do. And you've been like, you know, it's in the back of your mind, you've been like procrastinating about it and it's getting bigger and bigger and the fear is getting bigger and bigger, but just like ripping the bandaid and like going for it. That's, that's like the true liberation. Like I've never experienced that full liberation when I've like actually gone for something. It could yeah. be anything. It could be anything. It could be an uncomfortable conversation. It could be starting a new business venture. It could be having that tough conversation with your partner, like, or, or sharing something that's within you that's super uncomfortable, like just blurting it out. Like that moment feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom is on the other side of fear, but like fear is always that like illusion, right? And like we perpetuate it as it's like this real thing. Like it's, it's physical, as physical as this cup is, but like realistically, it's just smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And it's not something that's, you know, labeled as bad. It's like protective. Like your system wants to just keep you alive. It wants to make sure that the soul stays in the meat suit, but the soul wants to explore. It wants to be curious. It wants to experience things. Like I was listening to Mind Valley this morning and one of like Vision's like oldest videos of like the three most important questions. And number one was asking, what do you want to experience before you like kick the bucket? And he's like very importantly pointing the finger to you. Like, no, what do you want to experience? Not what do you want? What does that experience provide to you like if you want i want a hundred thousand dollars this year or a million dollars this year whatever that may look like cool what does that provide to you experientially like what are you going to do with that what does the feeling of abundance actually provide and then once you can anchor on to that feeling of freedom fear won't get in your way you'll constantly motivated and focused and intuitively connected enough to go through those types of things and be aware of like no i have this vision i have this purpose i'm ready to go achieve it but I don't believe fear ever goes away. I think, again, that's an important thing because people think that they begin a journey of self-growth. Eventually, they've arrived. Eventually, there's no fear. Eventually, there's no temptations anymore. And that is something I used to think. And to squash that and to insert something healthier and more truthful, Mm -hmm. that it just, it evolves and it continues. And fear is just a meter. Fear teaches us a lot of things. You don't have to let it over take you like maybe before, but to use it as a tool. And um, I I really thought that eventually everything ended and it was like, I arrived. And I, I, I think it's just so unhealthy to think that because it just continues and it gets more beautiful and it gets more fulfilling. And, and you, you're still learning. Like my kids still lose their shit sometimes often actually. And 
it, so it's never like it goes away, but I think to expect that it's all going to go away when at one point, because you've arrived, oh. is one of the most unhealthy things to think and unrealistic things to think. Yeah. It's back to those expectations, right? Of like, once I get there, then I shall be happy, right? Like there it is. Like once I hit that illuminated state and reach transcendence and I fall into the nothingness and everything of the universe, I shall be happy type of thing. And it's like, oh, that's a heavy expectation versus like, I would say some of the most awakened people that I ever like connect with are the ones that are like, shit's going to hit the ceiling. And that's why I have rags, right? Like, it's like, I know what's going to happen and I'm going to clean up the mess. And like, here I am, I'm still going to be here. I'm not going to be like, there's not shit on the ceiling. Like (laughs) it's not, not a thing type of thing. It's just like, here I am. And here I am. Yep. And I think, um, a lot of parents in particular, a lot of moms in particular, like see those happy pictures, like you're talking about the beach and they want, they want that all the time and that you can be, you can live a happy and fulfilled life, but it's never going to look like that all the time because that yeah. would be actually be boring. And yeah, that would that. not, that would be delusional and that's not real life. But I think it's like, you know, entering into a new way of looking at things, whereas everything's teaching me things, it's still gonna be uncomfortable. I'm gonna be very happy a lot of the time, but to be happy all the time, then you wouldn't appreciate the happier times had you not had a lower time to like reevaluate what am I doing here? Like, what can I change? What can I, what can I do differently next time? How can I respond or react versus respond or respond versus react either one? Yeah. And oh, that's such a, this is such a big point. And it's like back to like that judgment and expectation, like you need to decide you, the whoever's listening, like I, Chris need to decide what I value and what I want to experience and that nobody else is going to like, Hey, I think you should have that. And like, I expect you to be this type of thing. And like having those labels put on you versus like having healthy boundaries, which those labels that other people like try to put on you just turn into like a reflective mirror. Like, why are you trying to like control me type of thing? Um, there is a direction that I want to take this, which is like one of the, the most challenging things that I've personally come across in my own life. And that I see so, so much in the world um, that I'm pretty excited to have a conversation with you about. It's not enoughness, lack of worthiness. And like, I should be better, or I could have done better versus just like you talk about just being present. Do you see that around like the mom groups and around your, your people? Yeah, it actually like hit me hard because that was something that I really dealt with not enough not worthy not not doing enough actually more so not doing enough versus not being worthy enough is more my Mm. um my journey so i know the being worthy thing a lot of people i work with are feeling that way but for me it was more so like i'm not doing enough and again i i believe that is probably the ego speaking to us but it's not necessarily a bad thing i think it's teaching us something and it's sharing something like okay, so if you're not doing enough, what, what do you want to be doing? What can you be doing right now versus just sitting in that feeling and letting it run your life? I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. See, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough versus like seeing that, Hmm, I don't like how I'm feeling. Why am I feeling this way? And you can reflect back to where that began, or you can just move forward and be like, Hmm, okay, what can I do? What can I do right now? That's different than before. (laughs) Maybe just not listening to that, you know, pattern going on in my head all the time. Maybe just doing something just a little bit different choosing something just a little bit different this time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a big part of it is just like, it's a meter and it's just teaching us something, but we have a decision if we want to stay listening to it versus do something different. Oh, I love that. And, and man, making those small tweaks, like I, 
I think in personal development, like when I first got into it, and I don't know if you'll resonate with this, it was like epiphany after epiphany and these fireworks were going off. And then I was in it for a while and I was like, where'd all my epiphanies, where'd all my breakthroughs go? And then like, even like last year, I was like, I'm stagnant. Like, I feel like I haven't like made any of these changes then went to Suki's neural activation workshop and that took care of that problem. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I think those small tweaks, it's, it's like Dr. Suki talks about 1% a day, right? Making those small and that that's the consistency and the sustainability. Cause if you go for those big monsters breakthroughs, like I am now a marathon runner, BRB, I'm going to go run 26.2 and I come back and then like, okay, you completely blew out your system. So now for like the next week, you're not going to be a marathon runner. You're going to be like a recovering human being. I think we do that with like self-development, self-awareness too, of like four hour meditation today, like the monk is in the house type of thing. And this is, I tell my clients this all the time, like five minute meditations to start, like don't stress your system with all of these things. Yeah. Or just one minute. Yeah. Or one, one, breath. Breath. one breath, literally one breath. That's sometimes what I do. Like actually before I jumped on, I sat on the couch right there and I did like a minute of breathing. Mm -hmm. Great change your life, um, especially change. having kids, right? Like, oh, cause shit is gonna hit the ceiling like on the daily, right? So if you have like a strategy where you're like, okay, like it's it's such a game changer to like, just be able to drop back in and go like, ah, we're not gonna like go do all the, like all the thoughts come up in my head when like kids from like zero to seven are meant to like push boundaries cause they don't know where life is and they're like gonna go out and they're gonna discover who they are by like, who they are not. And that's pushing up against those boundaries. And it's easy to get frustrated in parenting, at least for me. Um, but having those like little small strategies of like, okay, I'm okay. Like everything's going to be fine. Like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is how she's supposed to be. And the feelings that I have are valid because yes, drawing on the walls with Sharpie are probably not a good idea. And she didn't know any better until now. Until now, my, my daughter lion hated the car for, she still doesn't love it but for eight months whether I was going one minute down the road or an hour, you know, across town or whatever, see my parents screaming, bloody murder, every single car ride. And again, like, I feel like the last four and a half years being a parent has been like a lifetime's worth of lessons. And I'm so grateful for being put in the fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like thrown in there and that's all you're doing. And it just like, again, cuts the bullshit, bullshit, sheds the fat, all that stuff. Um, but when she'd be screaming in the car, it was just such an, a moment for me to, to learn and to just breathe. So I'd be like going down a car, so tense, like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening again. Breathe through the screams, breathe through the screams, kind of like birth. Like it's like birth is such a um, setting the tone for motherhood. Right? Mm. That's another conversation, um, especially my birth experiences and how I wanted to, you know, have those experiences. But the car ride and just like breathing through her screams. And sometimes it was about breathing and remaining calm, but also sometimes maybe I get frustrated. And then maybe my lesson was loving myself and being compassionate that of course you're upset that your daughter's screaming in the car for an hour straight versus like, oh, I shouldn't be upset. I shouldn't cry. Mm -hmm. So there's always, I think, two divisions there where it's like, maybe it's self-love or maybe it's like, maybe I can just deepen my, you know, breathing practice. Maybe I can deepen my mindfulness. Maybe I can see something different here. It's just, it's tough. It's the hardest job in the world. Hardest job in the world, hands down. 100%, but we'll 1000% agree with that. And like 
the child chose you. I think, I believe that like wholeheartedly and that they are these beautiful sacred mirrors of like our inner work because they are like a sponge and then they just mirror back the emotional environment, not the physical environment. They mirror back, at least in, in my perspective, they mirror back the emotional environment. So like when Phoenix is having like an emotional day or I feel like, man, you're pushing a lot of boundaries. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Like what inside of me is she experiencing mirroring back to me in the physical, which is really an emotional thing that I need to work out. Like which one of those triggers is coming up. But that's really hard to hear. So like, how would you, you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh I'm yeah. Like, it's gross. It's, it's like, Oh, that's, hard. that's my shit on the ceiling. Isn't it? Like, cool. <laughs> it's, it's the hardest place. I think, I think for people just coming into personal growth, it's, it's that I think it's really, really hard to swallow. Mm-hmm. But it's an opportunity. So for me, it's like, I would rather hear that and look at that situation and just go inward first yep. versus just kind of like ignoring it and moving on. Like for me, I know, I, again, believe in vitalism. I believe that everything's happening for us. So like I have a chance right now to be better, to grow, mm-hmm. to deepen my um, unconditional love in general versus just ignoring it and moving on and being upset that situation versus like, let's look within first. So I think it's, I know it's really hard to hear that, but for me, it's the most empowering place to be. 100% because it puts you back in the driver's seat. Like I claim responsibility for this because this is who I am, especially with children. Um, I, I, I think it is a hard pill to swallow, but like, even if you make that 1% tweak, like if you don't drop the F-bomb that day or you don't completely lose your bananas or like whatever it may be, you take that one breath, like it's those small little perspective changes that really make the difference. Especially like when, if, if Phoenix is having like a more emotionally involved day or she's just like, wow, you're just being a, a toddler today, huh? And I go, okay, how can, I better navigate. What can I learn from this? How can I learn to hold space and things like that? But like getting to that space, it took a lot of one breath today. We're going to, here we are. All right, here we are. Just, all right, I'm going to appreciate this coffee and all right, sweetie. Yep. That's all right. And I, I think I tell a lot of my clients is like, you don't buy fire insurance when the house is on fire like having measures like preventative maintenance to make sure that when those moments do happen, that the rags are ready to clean the shit off the ceiling because you know it's going to come. So like the self-care that we talked about, the self-love practices and like really learning who you are and the clarity of that. So when your boundaries do get pushed on, you can hold strong in your worthiness and who you truly are. And if you weren't holding strong, then the next time you can. Exactly. And not shaming or blaming and going like, oh, I crumbled today. Like I'm such a failure. I'm a bad dad. I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad human. Like I, I should be doing better because then the should start going up and you should all over yourself. And it's, it's just a mess. <laughs> yes. It's a practice. And I feel like it is. a lot of people give up in general. Like maybe I want to lose 50 pounds. I didn't lose 50 pounds today. So I'm going to give up. It doesn't work or personal growth doesn't work. It's, it's never, it's always like the little pieces that are along the way to get you where you're going to Mm -hmm. begin. And then it gets bigger and better from there. But it's like, you just have to keep showing up. Consistency is huge with everything, everything. Yeah. And I, I cannot tell you like the importance of consistency. Like it's one of the first things that I teach my clients of like, all right, I want to like biohack and I want to do like intermittent fasting and red light therapy. And like, tell me about collagen. And I'm like, what time you going to bed today? What time you getting up? Like all those types of things aren't going to work if you only do it. Like if I take like a bag of collagen and do all this red light and cold immersion therapy and CT, all those types of things, if I do it once a month, 
it has a little benefit, but if I do it stacked on top of each other, not only does it get stronger, but like myself, it encompasses who I am and I become stronger because of that versus like, if I go to the gym once a month, like, are you going to expect to get changes? And I think taking care of yourself or like having a garden, if you don't pull the weeds out every week or every day, or don't go check it or don't water it, it's going to wither or it's going to be overtaken by the weeds. Like I think our spiritual selves, our mental selves need that kind of love too. Yes. Perfectly said. And if you're a parent, did your kid fall the first time they tried to walk and then not get back up the second time? Like at some point in our life, we were all that level of connected and that level of excited to learn something new and to discover who we are and to go like push the boundaries. Like we all at some point learn to walk, learn to stand, learn to use the potty, like all of these different things. And I think at some point we forget and this has been an interesting conversation I've been having with myself. Do we actually learn new things or do we remember who we really are? Mm, I think it's both. I think mm. they're tied to like directly together, but I think I love that you said that about the kids and walking and falling. And that's something that they just innately do. Like they're innately always progressing, innately always evolving. And at some point, when did it stop? Like when did it stop for adults? And is it maybe when you got made fun of for trying something new and then you stopped or maybe it was became when you became a parent and you stopped you know doing your own thing as well as becoming a parent yeah, so I think that's it's like all day. so many things and I that's what I love watching my kids it's just like they just they just go for it and they're just like yeah. this is who I am and they're not apologizing for it or they're not afraid to express that any yeah. of it I they're think not worried about failure they like just go into it yeah. with no expectation there's no failure is not even a word yeah it's, it's so beautiful to witness and it's inspiring to me to like you know be inspired by my little kid trying to ride a bike like he just keeps going or he just wants to do it so it's just like why don't we why don't we do that more why don't we have fun more like i, I really feel right. as an adult like like so for instance me and my husband matt um I'm like one of the only moms and him too at the park that's like playing with the kids or like jumping around or chasing the kids and I'm like why am I the only one that's also playing not I'm not always playing I'm not going to paint the picture that I'm just like crazy the mom you know what I mean I'm definitely not the mom but however I'm playing more so because I want to play and yeah. not because my you know what I mean like my kids are going to play no matter what but I also want to play I want to move my body because when I'm moving my body I feel better I'm just more For sure. energized I'm more in flow with life so it's just like that's this is a little things along the way you just catch on to yeah. you just start doing that it's like I don't know when it went away and if people can bring that back into their life more you would change everything yeah, like how can you have fun? And that's like, it's such a huge, huge point you just brought up. Like as much as I love taking Phoenix to the park so like she can go play, like I want to go play tag. Like I love swinging on the monkey bars. I love doing that. And like, I get my 10,000 steps in, in like 20 minutes over there running around with these little rascals. Like it's so much fun. But like one of like the research studies that I really got to talk about research on this show, um, The Happiness Advantage, one of like my favorite books this year talks about like one of the most research strategies for like having a happier life, which is just a subjective experience of like what you find fulfilling is asking yourself, when's the last time I had fun and how can I have fun today? Like when they ask research, research candidates for 14 days, how do I want to have fun today and what am I going to do about it? They found their like happiness went up like 75%. It was like a crazy statistic. Like, don't quote me on that one, but like they were so much more fulfilled, even if they didn't change the way that they were living, like the self-awareness of like, 
just the thinking about being happy, like brought about more happiness for them. I love stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I love that. That means they were wired that day. Their nervous system was wired to seek happiness versus just like, this is my day. Life's happening to me. So it's again, the intention, like you said, the vision it's setting the intention and rewiring the perception system of like our day, how our nervous system's going to experience life that day. Yeah. Oh, the perception system. Part two coming to you soon. Dr. Monica, <laughs> before we start to wrap up um, today, and I'm so appreciative of our time, this amazing conversation. Um, when I have fellow docs on the show, I always ask them to like give a little perspective into like the vitalistic world. Would you mind doing that for us? I would love to. Um, in seven hour podcast coming yeah, in. I know. Like, so that's a, that's a hard question to uh, answer in, in like just a little bit of time. Um, for me, I'll just share like my experience and understanding vitality and our nervous system. And I, I, I had no, if you don't know, it's okay. I had no idea that our nervous yeah. system controls every single part of the body, that everything's connected, that I, I just, I had no idea. So I'm saying if you don't know, it's totally okay. Don't. Now you know and you can explore more of that. But really, our nervous system is our our everything. Really, it's our connection to source. It's mm. what regulates and runs every single function of the body, but also it's the perception of how we see the world. And the perception comes from our experiences that we've had in our life leading up until this moment. And that has really either clouded or framed or... Um, chisel the way we see the world is through our experiences. So that's the importance of clearing up our nervous system and offloading it, removing the body burdens so that we're more clear and connected and the old patterns and perceptions are not ruling and dictating our lives any longer, but it's that we're living in flow and we're healing the way we're supposed to, we're organizing the way we're supposed to, we are enjoying our life and growing and evolving. And I just think it's so misunderstood and our society teaches us actually the opposite, that we're more mechanical and that yeah. we're broken. And however, everything is always within ourselves and our body so badly wants to heal and is designed to heal. It's a brilliant system. So to understand that everything was within us and really just to do the things to support our system is gonna be the best thing for us and the world altogether. Oh. So beautifully said, you are not a car. Like you don't need oil changes. You don't, if the bumper falls off, like if I stab myself in the arm right now, like my arm will heal. Like there's 10,000 chemical reactions in a hundred trillion cells all organized by a nervous system, which is translating a perception of a hundred thousand different, like it's insane and it's doing it. And it's allowing me to have a conversation with you to build technology, which is allowing us to be 400 miles apart and do this and spread this message out. Like it's such a beautiful thing. And I, again, like you had mentioned, I think so many of us are just like perceived to believe or convinced to perceive, to believe that we are meant to be broken or like, I'm just waiting for the next breakdown versus, well, what if we're just waiting for the next breakthrough? Mm, I love that. Be more proactive again. Yes. Touching on so big. Small things, small steps, 1%. What time are you going to bed? What time are you waking up? What are you going to have for food today? What are you going to like? The nervous system loves, loves, loves certainty. Dr. Monica, I could do this all flipping day. And that is like the concern is that we'll do this all day, but like we're <laughs> going to do a part two. So if people want to connect with you, especially the moms or any women out there in particular, I know you run an extraordinary page called Revved Up Mamas. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that real quick? Oh, I revved up mama is like the extension of me. Like it is the download of the past 13 years of my life. 
Um, it's an outlet where I can share all of my insights, everything I've learned um, from clean laundry to breathing through chaotic situations with your children um, to biohacking. Every, everything that has gotten me to where I am today and beyond is what I'm sharing in this group. So it's based on toxin-free living, mindfulness, all of the above, all things health and wellness. So um, anyone is welcome to join. It's been one of the greatest gifts in my life to be able to give that to people and for me to evolve in the process. I love that. And if they want to go reach out and connect and hear more about that, where can they go? So Revved Up Mama on Facebook. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, but it's more so mindfulness in my parenting journey on Instagram, which you guys are welcome to do that as well. Um, you can friend me on Facebook, Monica Nicole Smith. Um, and I'd love to have you. Beautiful. Dr. Monica, thank you so, so much for being here. And we're totally going to have a part two to get, we have so much more to discuss. Guys, do us a huge favor. Go check out Dr. Monica. She is an extraordinary human being. And I am so glad that we are friends. Dr. Monica, I'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Chris. Howdy. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Mindfuck podcast. If you would, do me a humongous favor and just jump on over and give this podcast a rating and review. It helps tremendously in getting this message out to more earballs and eye holes to continue to expand the awareness of the mind and ignite the spirit. And in the sense of this awkward closing, have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.